So last week on the podcast, I shared with you how Melissa put $21,000 of pure profit in her pocket over the last year and simply by driving more organic traffic to her site. But what I didn't share with you is the backstory, why she decided to do that. And the short version is that she needed to reduce what it was costing her, what she was spending in marketing dollars to acquire a new customer. And so today she's going to break it all down for you. She's going to show you what changed in her business, how she saved all that money and reduced the cost of acquiring a customer by 44%, almost half. Come listen. It's really good. Welcome to the e-commerce roadmap, the podcast for store owners who are growing their sales without spending a fortune on ads. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast-track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So buckle up and join your host, Susan Bradley, as we dive into the work that will grow your sales this year. Hey there. So as promised, I am back with Melissa Davies. She's the owner of bikepretty.com. She's a mentor in our inner circle. And last year, she focused on one thing. And it made a huge difference. She was really working on a change. And you can hear everything in last week's podcast about what her what her focus was and what the transformation is. But today we want to talk about some more serious stuff. We really want to talk about the cost of acquiring a customer. So thank you again for joining me and sharing this information. It's really important. Yeah, I agree. I'm always happy to share numbers, I think. It's not something that e-commerce owners are hesitant to do. And anytime someone has been generous enough to talk about their actual hard numbers, how much they're spending on ads, what their revenue is, it's helped me tremendously. And I hope this can help people as well. So a year ago, you uh, left our our mastermind meeting uh, in Florida and you left on a mission to actually your original mission was to reduce the amount of money you were spending on Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. Also the other outcome you really wanted was to reduce the cost of acquiring a customer. And I think that at that meeting, what we talked about really more, more than um, the specifics of everybody's business was that it's something that we don't often look at as, um, as e-commerce store owners. But the truth is that, our growth has to be fueled by new customer acquisition. Because even if you have a great returning customer rate, there's a point where you can't sell more to the same people. And if you're looking to grow your sales, you have to acquire new customers. And you're also losing customers uh, at the time. And I think that that's a real disconnect for so many of us that we just think they should just naturally come and... (laughs) And that there's no hard cost attached to it, but there is. And so today we're talking about that, that we're we're talking about the cost of acquiring a customer and understanding that that cost, once you know that cost, it gives you the information to make good strategic decisions about your business. And you kind of even demonstrated that in last week's podcast, that when we talked about your year of focusing on getting that cost down and saving uh, saving money with this new content strategy that you were using, you talked about, okay, now I have what I need to make good decisions about what I'm going to do in the next year. And so we had a chat before we started recording about who this is relevant for. Who's this 
information relevant for. And I would love for you to just share with everybody what you think as a store owner when this this kind of information becomes relevant. Yeah, so if if you're very new to e-commerce and and you don't have what um, what we call proof of concept, and proof of concept is basically what if you've sold a product either in person or online to someone that isn't connected to you. It's not a a family member. It's not a friend. It's basically to a stranger. Like that's proof of concept. And that is a great indicator. Like that's kind of, I think what you need to get the most out of um, the great training that's in the inner circle. And then this, what we're going to talk about today, it's probably after you consistently manage to make one sale per day. Yeah. I think. I think that demonstrates that you have a conversion path. You have a path to conversion. And what we're talking about today, I think you need that before you start tracking your cost um, per customer. Otherwise, you might make yourself really crazy. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have that consistency. So anybody who's listening to this who is maybe relatively new or really isn't at the point where you're getting that kind of reliable sale a day at least, I think it's too early for you to do this. You got to work on that consistent um, path to conversion before you, you do this. But there are so many people in our group and so many people that are selling multi six figures that don't talk about this and actually don't even think about this and then use that information. Like Yeah, confession time. Susan, I I had over a million in sales lifetime, not I mean just through the entire history of my business, which at that point was like nine, nine years. And I had never thought about it. So <laughs> that's a, talking about too early. That was too late. Yeah. But nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. We were just talking um, about also, and so you all could maybe onboard this. And and this is my my feeling about your cost of marketing. First of all, we all have to acknowledge, and you mentioned it, Melissa, that it's not free. Yeah, but there's a cost attached. There's a cost attached. So number one, we have to acknowledge that. And then the other thing I think we have to do is decide what we're comfortable with. As far as, okay, as a percentage of my sales, what percentage of my sales am I comfortable with spending to get um, to get a customer and to get like how much of my sales am I prepared to spend on marketing to acquire new customers? What is that percentage? And I know last year, you your goal and your year of focus was to get your marketing spend down to 10%. Mm-hmm. Of your sales. And you came really close to doing that and saved a pile of money. But I think that for me, certainly in my businesses, and and I have to tell you in the social sales girls right now, mine is more, but I think a good starting place is 15%. And you said, well, there's a lot of people that would say it's more than that. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I think I think I I gamified it too much and I, I tried to shoot too low. And I think I left money on the table for that. I think I reduced my ability to acquire customers. Because you shot so low. So I I think 15% is like a decent place to start that isn't going to put your business at risk. That's what I think. 
I think if you say, well, you know, and we were talking about, uh, you know, the the comment, well, if I gave you a dollar or if you gave me a dollar and I gave you back two every day, how much would you spend? I think that's a risky strategy. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that, you know, 15% is a really great place to start. And so we talked about the, the cost of marketing being 15% of your sales. And also, you know, you have to get new customers to grow your sales and grow the business. And so let's talk about what, how you set yourself up to do this, because really it was the first thing was reducing your spend. And the second thing was reducing what it cost you. So there are two things that are kind of opposite to each other. Usually people would tell you spend more money to get more customers. You were doing I think, I mean, I have to spend money to get more customers or I have to be doing some sort of action. I think um, I've been in business for 10 years now and Facebook is an amazing opportunity for anybody with an e-commerce store and, and for advertising because it's just, it's so inexpensive and it finds people where they are. And then every ad that you have that is reaching people, if it's doing well, because it's paid, it also can get an amazing organic boost. Yeah. And that is, that's like such a good opportunity. Yeah. So it's, it's healthy. It's financially healthy to have it as part of your strategy. And it's a tool um, that we can, we can use effectively. But I, the mistake I made was I wasn't tracking yeah, so let's how much money I was spending. <laughs> you said well, you weren't tracking how much you were spending. And I know you you your first job was to figure out what you were spending and get it done. But let's talk about tracking as a whole and how you set up tracking. Because what I know is if you're not tracking and measuring, you can't see your progress and you stop way too soon. And so can you share with everybody, because you were so methodical and you literally tracked for a year, what metrics were you tracking when you set out to do this? Okay, so I sat down and I looked at everywhere I was spending money or spending money on ads or advertising activity. So I looked at Facebook, um, I looked at my Google ads, I did some search ads and some retargeting ads. Um, I looked at my Etsy ads, I looked at my Pinterest ad spend, um, and then I looked at some apps that helped me with social media and email and how much I was spending. And you put that in one column. I added them all up. Um, and I, I added them all up because I understand that what I do on Facebook, if I'm trying to reach new people, that affects what happens on Google and that they feed into each other, that it's not one in isolation. So I can't look in my Facebook ads manager and see how much I'm spending. This. Well, it's not driving conversions. So I'm going to turn off my Facebook ads. I'm only going to spend money on Google because Google is driving sales. and it, in reality, I need both. I need Facebook to find the new people and I need to have good presence on Google so that when those new people are like, oh, I want to look that up and they look up Bike Pretty, they look up the Straw Hat Bike Helmet, they find, they actually find me. And because those people are already looking for me, they're more likely to convert and that's why conversion rates seem higher. But I need all of that going on. So you tracked all of what you were spending and you didn't- But as a lump, as a lump. Yeah, as a lump. And then then you tracked your sales? I tracked my revenue. So yeah, so for the same time periods of the week, I would track. And then I also tracked how many orders I got. How many orders you got? And then how did you how did you make it easy to track 
new customers and what it was costing you to acquire a customer? How did you do that? Set that up? Shopify has a great report on that. I I think I'm on the like $79 a month tier, whatever, like this. I'm not on Shopify plus I'm regular flavor Shopify, but um, I'm able to go into my reports and I can set the time period and I can look at who are the first or like how many first time buyers I got during the time right. period. And so for each week, you'd find out how many first time buyers you got and divide your marketing spend by the number of first time buyers you got. Yeah. And that was basically your cost for acquiring yeah. a customer. And you did that week after week after week after week. And so let's talk about that for a minute because that cost came down over time. But but what we all know is you don't spend money this week and get the customer this week. Like you have to look at this over a long period of time and look at look for a trend rather than saying, well, this week it was $43 and, and last week it was only $10. So I'm doing it all wrong. You can't do that. And so um, how long did it take you to notice a trend? Um, yeah, so I, I made my spreadsheet color coded. Yes. (laughs) I highlighted, um, I gave each line like a color temperature based on how well I think, um, the results were and that made it. So if it's like my, um, if it seemed like my customer cost was really high, then I give it like a dark, angry red. And if it was really low, then I give it like a pretty soothing blue kind of like my shirt um and so I can actually see and then they'll have like a gradient in between that so the pattern that starts to emerge after a year is I'll see like this kind of angry like red line here but then I'm like oh that was too high and then I start doing a bunch of activities I I look at the um get sales now and I'll do some of those like events or I I just get better at my ads or I get better at organic posts and I start to see like those pretty like cool blue colors start coming in. And so it'll like, it'll have this angry red color and then it'll like dip into these cool blue colors. And I see this over and over and over again. So there's like, I spend a bunch of money on marketing one week and then it starts to amortize over the following weeks or months over time. And especially if you take advantage of your email list and other marketing activities that actually don't cost you money, but are where this source of your conversion is so often. And so every week you gave yourself a grade and you almost unified it with yourself. And so week after week after week, you could see that trend and you ultimately reduced your cost of acquiring a customer by, is it 44%? Like almost. One year later. Yeah. And so that keeps you going. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You're going. So the first thing you have to do is you have to figure out the numbers and you have to then track your progress every week. And then the second thing, you adapted our sales funnel training. So the build the audience and then your, you know, tracked your audience every month, your traffic and your um your conversion every month. And what was really interesting, you gave me a 30-day snapshot a while back, and your audience from uh from the year before 2022 was actually not bad 433,000 but in this 30 day window that we were talking about your audience was like over 1 million it was 1.1 yeah. yeah and so 
And you can hear about how Melissa did that in last week's podcast, but because it's a, it's an amazing thing in itself. And you saved all that ad money by doing that. But what's really good is your conversion rate didn't drop. Your AOV actually went up your average order value and you acquired those customers that, um, that actually didn't cost you nearly as much to do. And so, so really, this is really a process. And that's what I think we want people to understand is that it's, it's just a process and it's not out of your control. And if you hide from that number, <laughs> yeah, you're doing a disservice to yourself if you hide from it. Um, but it's, it's also not as scary as it, it seems to be. Right. And I think that is like, I um I was awakened to this by you at the mastermind. And then oh. I started doing research. Okay, like, how do I control this? And it was actually really hard to find kind of this concrete method of like, just add up all your marketing efforts, just mm-hmm. give it all a monetary value mm-hmm. for a time period. And um, I think it's something like people are reluctant to talk about. I don't know why, maybe because it's complicated or maybe because it's like not interesting because it's like basically simple addition, but um, it wasn't that hard. Like I don't spend a ton of time for a week adding up these numbers. I think I spend maybe 20 minutes yep. a week on this, but it gives me so much clarity for the week ahead to know what to focus on. And so it it's actually cut down on the overwhelm that I had like this year emotionally compared to last year emotionally, like huge difference. I'm like, oh, I know what to work on today. I know what to work on this week. Oh, really? That's a good, that's mm-hmm. a great byproduct of this work. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. I didn't even think about that, that it gives you a clear sense of direction. I think that um, the more I talk about this and talk about it with our mastermind members and, you know, anyone who will talk with me about it actually is the more I think about it, I wish I had um, been talking about this for longer because I think that, you know, nothing happens in our business until we get a customer and we, we do a lot of activities. Like we're always working on things to get sales and, our natural inclination is to work on things to get sales. But unless we track how many customers we're actually getting, it's like we don't see the results of what we do. We just think we're failing. Like, I, like you know, there's always people and, and um, certainly it's harder this year. E-commerce is harder than it was last year. And so there's always somebody who feels like they're failing and, and, you know, we might see a post in the inner circle of someone who feels like they're failing. And what I'm more and more understanding is that we need to do a better job of teaching people that you're actually not failing. <laughs> you're just not focused on the right things. You're looking for the next shiny object to increase your sales, which might be a really good short-term fix. It might be a great Band-Aid. But I think what you've set up, Melissa, is a great way of um, setting yourself up for success in the future. Because now you know you've reduced your cost for acquiring a customer. You know how much you can do organically. You've got $21,856, I just said, of extra cash in your business because you did all that work in the last year. And now you can sit down and say, well, I know if I keep doing what I'm doing, it costs me, is it $22 it's costing you to get a customer now? I think I'm down to like 18. Wow. 
with an average value of $150. Yeah. So, So here's my sales goal for next year. How many new customers do I have to acquire? And let me have a full understanding of what that's going to cost me. And then I'll decide whether I want to spend that much or not. Knowing that I can't spend it all this month and get that result. But is that what I'm willing to put into um, building the marketing of my business and, and nurturing people until they're ready to buy? And so it helps us manage our expectations right? About what our results would be instead of saying, well, this year, last year I did 300,000. So this year I'm going to do 400,000 and then just letting it rip. And yeah. now that's it's, goal setting is so, is so hard, especially at the beginning, people are like, oh, write a business plan. And like, this is your, yeah, it's so it's like impossible to write a business plan. Right. Until you've started your business until you've been running your business for like two years. Until you have a conversion path. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so instead of setting yourself up for failure like that by saying, Hey, I, you know, I'm going to increase my business by a hundred thousand because last year I increased it by a hundred thousand. So I should be able to do it this year. Instead, if you say, well, listen, what does it really take to inc- you know, increase my sales by a hundred thousand? What does it really take? Like how much is it, is it going to cost me to do that? And then figuring out whether that's an investment you want to make. So it helps you understand. Mm-hmm input and output, but also it just keeps your eye on the ball for profit too. Like yeah. it, yeah, it really doesn't, doesn't get you to that place. And when, when you say, um, you know, you, you didn't want to look at all your marketing spend and it was something that, you know, you just kind of thought was a necessary evil and you really didn't want to look at it. I still remember when I was really young and I had a credit card and, you know, it was really easy to pull it out. And then the bill would come. It was way before online and I wouldn't open it for days. And like that didn't make the bill go away. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like that. And certainly, you know, when you're at the stage where you have like, honestly, e-commerce is not easy. And if you are at the stage where you have an average of 30 sales a month or you're getting that sale a day, this is when you owe it to yourself to get it right. Don't don't leave that envelope on the table unopened because because it can be a great business, but it can also be, um, you know, you can work really hard and sell, as we know, multi-six figures and not get a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think you described like advertising um, on a different episode of the podcast as like the rent that you pay for your e-commerce store. And so it's it's absolutely money that we have to spend. And then that means it's money we have to track. Yeah. So now you have this amazing cost for acquiring a customer. Have you thought about what your max would be, where you would be comfortable yeah, I think I need to actually spend more money. I think I left money on the table um, by not putting more money into my ads. And I think I really, I didn't spend enough money on ad testing this year. And so that's really my goal. Is to test and find out what works. So your average order value is $150, right? It's up to 166 All Right, because it went up. Yeah. All your yeah. organic work, 166 
Mm -hmm. I'm just figuring out what 15% would be for just to, to help you out. So you could actually spend up to about $25 to acquire a customer and still fit within that 15% if you felt like that's what you mm -hmm. wanted to do. All right. Yeah. Done. <laughs> See you next year. Yeah. Now, so I know this is kind of a random uh, conversation, really, because it's it's just so interesting. And I think a lot of store owners who are at your stage will be really interesting in it or in it. But can you tell me, like, do you have any parting words, any other thoughts about what other store owners might be thinking or feeling or doing that will encourage them to take the next step and do this? I think it's that feeling of looking at your bank account and knowing that, you know, you see the Shopify revenue numbers come in and you look at your bank account and you're like, why, why isn't all that money in my bank account? Yeah. And part of it is, is product, of course. Yeah. Um, you have to spend money to acquire the inventory, but a lot of it is going to be ads, especially if you know, the way um, Facebook ads are billed, it's like 30 days. It's, it's a big lump sum that gets taken out. You can't really tie it to one activity or the other. So when I started lumping all my ad spend together and then tracking it to or attaching it to my my revenue per month, um, that meant I could really understand what to work on next for for my business and how to improve my results and like what I needed to do. In my case, I was like, I have all these people. Um, they were expensive to acquire last year, but I have this great mailing list. How do I start like milking my mailing list, basically? And I greatly increased the frequency of my emails. That yeah. made a huge difference. Yeah, because I see also on my notes that your email is 58% of your revenue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's really good. So that it just it takes me a long time to get someone to convert. It's a product, um, kind of a one and done product. The straw hat bike helmet. People buy it when they get a new bike, and they're not getting new bikes every year. Oh. Um, and they don't need to like it's not a consumable. They don't need to buy a whole bunch of them. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to get that person. Well, that probably also went a long way to reducing your cost of acquiring a customer because you have all that upfront. Think about this, you guys who are not doing enough email is you spend all that money to get that person on your list, like attract their attention and get them on your list. And they're unconverted as of now. You have an obligation to yourself to take the next step. Really good. That was a great point. Thank you. Thank you for all you share and all you do to help our store owners and, and, uh, all you share with me, you're really inspiring to me. Oh, thank you, Susan. Thanks for like flipping my business upside down and making it <laughs> 10 times better. <laughs> I mean, it's a gut-wrenching process. It's gut-wrenching to go through. It's, you know, it's kind of humbling because it's yeah. like, oh, um, I've been in business for 10 years and I think I got something figured out. And it's like, oh, you know, time to get back to basics. But everyone in the group is so supportive. All the training is like, so gentle, <laughs> so gentle, soothing, very step-by-step. Step. And it's like, hey, everything is just a problem that we can solve and we can fix it. You have control over it. Thank you. Well, I'm going to catch up with you soon because I want to know, actually, I want to know what your goal is for next year. So we'll be talking. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Susan. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Hey there. 
Are your sales a lot slower than you thought they would be? So frustrating. You know you have a good product and you're just kind of stumped, wondering what you're missing and what it's going to take before you'll get the sales you want every day. So I want to share a free workshop I made for you. Before you start making more changes on your website, I want you to take a little bit of time and watch this. Spend 40 minutes with me and you're going to see why you're not getting the sales that you want and you will be clear on what it is you really need to do to move the needle. I'm almost positive it's not changed something on your website. Head on over to thesocialsalesgirls.com forward slash sales every day and go have a watch. This is training from our inner circle. It's in our foundations unit. Our members get it right away and they leave feeling confident about their site, their product, their pricing, and they're ready to get on the path to success. I want to share that with you. So the URL is thesocialsalesgirls.com sales every day. I'll stick it in the show notes. See you soon.